Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman, and as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show, though not that much Colorado Rockies baseball today. I was about to say I've got your ups and I've got your downs, but that would be a bald-faced lie. I've got downs. I've got a very brief conversation about the absolutely abysmal series that the Colorado Rockies just played against the Texas Rangers. But actually, most of today was going to be a little bit of a conversation on something else, since one of my favorite Colorado athletes of all time, or really athletes of of any kind of all time, has retired today. And I wanted to take one last moment to have uh, an an ongoing conversation about star players and Colorado and, and history. Those of you who know me know I'm very interested in the history of Colorado sports and all of these things. So I want to talk about a little Carmelo Anthony and, of course, how uh, that relates to guys like Nolan Arenado and, and several other players, Larry Walker, Troy Tulowitzki, some all-time greats that have been traded. What are some similarities? What are some differences? Uh, how do we put all of that into some historical context? But very briefly, just to do this, I have no ups for you. Randall Gritchick was okay. Elias Diaz continues to be fine. Actually, he's been pretty great. He wasn't especially great in, in Texas, right? Nobody was. I mean, the lasting image of that series to me is going to be Alan Trejo getting a strikeout. (laughs) Like, it was about as bad in every level of the game of baseball that you can get. If you watched all nine innings of all three of those baseball games, you deserve a prize, an award, a GD medal. Because it was just not good baseball. And from the very beginning, if if there's any other lasting image, not that you want lasting images from this series, right? But a sort of takeaway thought. Because for the downs, I'm not going to go through and list the starting pitching, the relief pitching, the defense. And don't forget about the offense, right? It was all bad. But... The big, obvious bad, right, came in the first inning of the second game and then the second inning of the third game where both times the Rockies loaded the bases with nobody out and did not score. And then in the bottom half of the inning, gave up multiple runs. That's as bad it, it's the, the the first inning in the second game was about as bad of a first inning as you can have i'd rather go out there and not have the first thing happen and give up 10 runs in the in the bottom of the first because it, it the swing of it they lost the ball game in the first inning and you just don't see that happen very often where and even though i think it was just four nothing right but it was yeah it's an eight run swing it's like in the NBA, since I'm, I've got basketball on the mind today, I guess, you know, when a guy gets blocked right at the rim and then you go to the other side and shoot a three and then you do that, you know, a couple more times and you're talking about a several point swing, right? Or a guy's wide open in the end zone, but the quarterback just misses it and instead throws a pick, but not just a pick, a pick six, right? <laughs> and like, you don't just not get the touchdown that you should have had. Bases loaded, nobody out. Then you give one up, gone the other way. And they did it twice in the series. And it's just, it's about as brutal as it can get. So 
there's not a whole lot of baseball to analyze there. Some of the things that we've been keeping our eyes on throughout the season. I guess one thing I could talk about a little bit before I get into some of the off-topic stuff. I thought Carl Kaufman was okay for his first go-round for a guy that's kind of had to be rushed up a little faster than they wanted to with all the injuries that the Rockies have had. Somebody they absolutely would have preferred have a bit more seasoning in AAA. Uh, who, you know, he's one of those guys who like missed all, if not almost, almost all of the 2019 season from injury, right? And then missed all of 2020 because there was no minor league season that year. And then has been pretty slow in, in coming back. And I, th- I think he's had even one or two health issues after that. So he just hasn't pitched a lot, not just in the last couple of years, but like in the last four years, <laughs> right? Carl Kaufman's had difficulty getting reps. So based on all of that, uh, I I mostly liked what I saw, despite the fact that obviously, you know, the Rangers were able to get to him there. A few at-bats that he lost where he was clearly, you know, trying to be a little too careful, try try not to get beat up too much, and that, ironically, as as it almost always does, ended up to him getting beat up a little bit, you know. But I, I thought he was two or three more quality pitches away from being able to find himself into a quality start. And, you know, again, for a guy who's kind of thrust into that situation, it's okay. You're not getting super excited about it. You're not like, hey, maybe this guy was way better than advertised. But I also don't think it's the kind of start where, for example, to to compare, as I I did after he made his major league debut, Riley Pint clearly needs more time, right? Now, in a season like this, it would be okay to give him reps at, at the major leagues. I'm not saying he needs to be in AAA, but I'm saying when you look at the the two guys in terms of their polish and their quality from pitch to pitch, um, Kaufman was hitting his spots a bit more often. He was a bit more in control. Uh, you, you know, again, the quality of the pitch was just there. It just wasn't consistent. Whereas Riley Pint was just looking for the quality of the pitch, right? And so you didn't see that kind of, I don't know, I don't think that Riley Pint was pitching scared. He just has command issues. Some guys pitch a little bit scared. Some guys, uh, you know, I think we've seen that at times out of Feltner, for example. Um, but I think that, you know, what I saw out of Kaufman, if he can build on that and, and go into his next couple of starts, and, and again, with the goal in mind of, like, go out there and get a quality start, you know, 4.1 innings, four runs given up, all right? Figure out a way to get out of one of those little situations so that we're talking about five innings and two runs given up. And now at the major league level, that's something you'll take out of the guy who was supposed to be eighth or ninth on your starting rotation depth chart, you know, before you got four guys on the IL uh, and and you're happy with that. So I'm very curious to see, uh, you know, what Kaufman's going to have for us next time out. It's not like with Pines where I'm going, Ugh, that, okay, all right, give, he needs a little a little more time, a little, a little more work there. Um, but yeah, so, and other than that, there's really not much to analyze out of that series other than, yeesh, got to shower that one off and get back. Okay, those of you who know me pretty well know that one of my favorite athletes of all time is Carmelo Anthony. Uh, it's one of those weird things about my Colorado sports history that I think in so many ways is indicative of this strange relationship that I have with Colorado sports, my own fandom, with the media, with other fans, uh, with a lot of these conversations, right? Because 
seeing today that he retired means that there's Carmelo Anthony conversation all over my my Twitter feed, and and I'm interested in all of it in certain ways, but you know a lot of it's been hashed out. I'm not quite as into the whole. You know, whose number do they retire thing? Uh, th- that's kind of an interesting thing, especially in the NBA where it's like, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't say it's not as big a deal as it is in baseball, but they seem to make it a really big deal in baseball. Uh, th- I just feel like that ship kind of sailed when and Jokic has been wearing the number for all these years. You can't, you can't it's hard to go back and retire it at that point. I did see somebody with an interesting idea saying that the Nuggets should just uh, like some college teams do, just assign the number 15 to whoever their you know star player is at any given time. A lot of soccer teams do the number 10, right, as the kind of that's your guy. I think that would be kind of cool. Uh, ultimately, I, I don't mean any disrespect toward either player. I just wanted to have a little bit of the conversation about the trade and the way we talk about superstar athletes in this town because seeing the amount of vitriol directed Carmelo Anthony's way toward Denver Nuggets fans when he's probably the second best Nugget of all time after Nikola Jokic. Maybe at worst he's fourth or fifth on that list if you want to go old school and have guys like Alex English in there or whatever, right? But I am kind of struck by how many similarities there are between Carmelo Anthony's time in Colorado and Nolan Arenado's time in Colorado and the fact that the media and fans have so much vitriol for Carmelo for demanding a trade and getting out of here and almost none. Now there are, there are absolutely fans and a lot of them probably listening to the show. I, I know who they are. And I see them out there, but they're basically ignored by the media and most other fans who are angry at Nolan Arenado for both demanding a trade and also for some of the things that he did on his way out, sending the video to Adam Wainwright, suggesting that Rockies fans had never given him a curtain call, things like that. Right? I know that really bothered some people, but the fact that the media kind of went out of their way to act like those things were no big deal whatsoever, while the Carmelo Anthony thing was very much seen as a personal slight and still is from some people today. Now, there's some additional context there as well. There's the fact that you know over the years, uh, Carmelo has not really come back and, and done much with the Nuggets where other players do that. Now, he's been playing for other basketball teams, so I find that strange too. But he has like gone and, and shown up at like some Knicks playoff games when he hasn't been with the Knicks and stuff. So, okay, I get that too. Now, I don't expect Nolan Arenado to be coming around for, you know, Colorado Rockies reunion day whenever those are happening. And certainly if they're happening during the time while he's still playing in Major League Baseball, I, I can't imagine. Uh, you know, but he's also not alone in that. There have been some reunions recently. I say recently to me. I'm getting old. Within the last five, six years. Um, you know, the 2007 team came back in, in 17. A lot of those guys were around. Troy Tulowitzki was not. Right? Now, the Troy Tulowitzki trade is another really interesting one. Uh, and I've seen this misremembered a lot in, in the public discourse as well. Troy Tulowitzki did not want to be traded. I've heard several people say, well, Tulo demanded a trade and Tulo didn't want to be here, which couldn't be further from the truth. Troy Tulowitzki was angry. Not only did he not demand a trade, Troy Tulowitzki was angry. You can go and find the video of that day in Chicago. You can see his reaction. He was not happy. And I've talked to people about the thunderstorm that he had when he went back into the into the office to, to have the conversation to get the news that he had been traded. And Troy Tulowitzki was traded off of 
a Colorado Rockies team that was going nowhere, that was just as stuck in the mud then as they feel like they are right now, and went immediately to a team that went to the ALCS, right? And he was an all-star for the Blue Jays. That's another thing that people forget, as though, uh, I know right after that, he started falling off the table, but it wasn't immediate, right? But Tulo never demanded a trade, and Nolan did. Now, this has always been really fascinating to me because, and I apologize for those of you that don't know, you know, your Nuggets history as much or don't really care about basketball and the Nuggets, but a lot of this does seem to basically come down to a handful of key differences that people, because I've got the same energy toward both, to, to put it out there as simply as possible. In my mind, Carmelo Anthony and Nolan Arenado are both two of the greatest ever in their sport. Two of the greatest ever to play for their particular Colorado teams. Neither is going to be the greatest ever in the history of the franchise because both left before they were able to claim that title. Both of them were very frustrated with the state of the franchise. That's a key sticking point that I'm going to get back to in a minute, but I'll finish telling you basically my take on the whole thing. Both of them handled their disappointment, in my view, not well. I tend to have a bit more respect and admiration for people that say, I can stick it through the tough times. I want to win with my guys and not, I need to go see greener pastures. But that's what they both came to the conclusion of. Not enough is being done here to help me win. I think that I deserve to play somewhere else. Uh, Now, one major difference is that Carmelo Anthony's contract was almost up. And so if he hadn't told the Nuggets hey, you should trade me, he would have just left in free agency and they would have gotten nothing. So in a way, he kind of did them a favor at that deadline by saying, hey, you guys should trade me because I'm not so sure I want to re-sign here. On the flip side, Nolan Arenado had just signed a seven-year deal, right? And it only played through one of them. And so he didn't have to say or do anything, but also had very understandably, reasonably grown disillusioned with franchise, right? Both demand their trades. Both are traded to another team that immediately goes farther. A lot of people like to point out, you know, on the Nuggets side that that first year after that, the Nuggets won more games in the regular season, which Carmelo never got credit for the regular season, but the Knicks went to the second round of the playoffs, which was the one thing he was always blamed for never doing here, being a first round exit. Right, So both guys, more or less, got what they wanted. Another important thing, I think, to point out here is that Carmelo Anthony grew up, or he wasn't from, is Baltimore and New York are basically his hometowns. That's where he's from, right? He grew up as a Knicks fan. You can find stuff with him as a young kid. You know, he went to Syracuse, right? He, he was always a New York guy. And so he had an even extra special reason to want to go there, where Nolan just, sort of pick the St. Louis Cardinals because they win a lot, right? Which And there's nothing wrong with that, right? Uh, but th- there's no, like, connection. There's no, like, family. There, there, there was nothing there. It's just that's where he wanted to go, right? So both guys end up getting what they want. And whatever the relationship is afterwards, and it's not going to be great for Nolan either. I, again, I don't see him coming back. And uh, again, uh, now Mello said a couple of interesting things about how I think he did one time come out and say that he wished maybe his numbers retired. I can't remember exactly what he did, but he certainly never did anything to the effect of, you know, why didn't I get a curtain call out there? Or I sent video of myself to these guys, right? Mello never did any of that. 
So for me, it makes sense to keep the, the same energy for both. Great players, big egos, wanted more success than they thought their teams were offering them and made it happen through their agents and the business of the sport that they were in, made it happen. Now, ultimately, Carmelo didn't win an NBA championship. Those Knicks teams kind of fizzled out. Then he sort of jumped around trying to find one somewhere. That kind of fizzled out, and, and he's since retired, right? Now, Nolan Arenado hasn't won his World Series either. In fact, he hasn't gotten out of the first round with the Cardinals yet either, right? And they're having a tough year this year, and he's having a tough year, though he's he's heated up a little bit recently. But still, it may end up playing out that Nolan doesn't win his World Series either. So I'll be very curious to see as this all you know plays out over history, how these two things are going to end up looking very, very similar to me, almost the exact same. I think the biggest difference in my mind, and in arguing with my good friend Mark Knudsen, former Colorado Rockies pitcher on Twitter today, the thing that seems to be the biggest sticking point for people that think Mello was completely unjustified in what he did, and that Nolan Arenado was totally justified in what he did, is essentially that the Nuggets were in a really great place and Mello forced his way off the team just for ego, whereas Nolan Arenado very clearly just got himself off of this trash organization that never does anything right and is never going anywhere. Right, that does seem to be what it comes down to. Some people have tried to say, no, it's it's really about their egos, but the egos are exactly the same. Like, unless you're going to dive into what you believe was in these guys' hearts, there's this notion, and I'm sorry, but I really can't buy into this stuff. That like, well, Nolan's a winner, and all he cared about was winning, and Carmelo is a is a loser at heart who just wanted to go to New York for the big lights. The idea that Carmelo wasn't trying to get his wins is ridiculous. All right, the idea that Getting out of the Western Conference and going to the Eastern Conference wasn't a very calculated decision to try to win more basketball games and get deeper into the playoffs. It's just ridiculous. Yes, Carmelo and and also the idea that the Denver Nuggets, who at the time and actually still as I'm as I'm saying this, but this could be this could change within the hour, <laughs> not the hour, but within hours, I should say. The Denver Nuggets never been to the NBA Finals ever. Right. I think the big difference here for me is I was a very close follower of that team. And I remember how much of a joke it was considered by the national media and even the local media. Getting a bunch of seven and eight seeds in the NBA going out in the first round every single year was not treated as though that team was built for success. And not only that, Carmelo Anthony was blamed for their failure, something that Nolan Arenado never had to deal with. So let's play the scenarios out where they both decide to stay. Remember when I said earlier, I, I I prefer the guy who sticks it out. And it seems like a lot of people are saying Carmelo should have stuck it out. But it makes sense that Nolan didn't. Well, let's play both of those scenarios out, right? Carmelo sticks it out in Denver. And for those of you that remember, go back to that time. Why did the, What's the best thing that the Nuggets ownership slash front office ever did to help Carmelo Anthony succeed. Pause for dramatic effect. You've all answered out loud at home. If you knew the time, you all answered in unison. It was acquired Chauncey Billups. That's why they got to the Western Conference Finals in 2009. Every other year was a first round exit. That was the major difference. Go back and look at Chauncey Billups numbers in the time leading up to the trade of Carmelo Anthony. And in fact, and then go look at his numbers after that. Guy was basically retired a year and a half after the fact. 
that Denver Nuggets team wasn't on the verge of winning an NBA championship, and anyone who tells you that they were is lying, and either doesn't know what was going on back then, or is telling a revisionist history on purpose to justify their angry feelings at Carmelo Anthony, because the idea that they were doing everything they could to build a winner around him had been disproven by six or seven years of them doing things like letting the Defensive Player of the Year, Marcus Camby, walk for nothing the season before. That front office was roundly criticized for not building a winner around Carmelo Anthony, and rightfully so. They weren't doing the things that were necessary, and the best move that they had ever made, Chauncey Billups, was a flash-in-the-pan moment. Uh, it was, uh, not a flash-in-the-pan, he had a great career, but it was over. Right? It, he, he was done. That Nuggets team was not on the verge of winning a championship with Carmelo Anthony. They were on the verge of four or five or six more years of first-round playoff exits that he would have been blamed entirely for, that his career would have been defined by. It was defined by. If you did a word cloud of Carmelo Anthony's time in Denver, of just what the media and blogs and internet and everything, Carmelo Anthony word cloud, the big phrase right in the middle would be first-round exit. That's what that team was known for, and that's what he was blamed for. So yes, he wanted out because he didn't feel like he was getting the credit, and he didn't feel like he was on a winner. He felt like he was on a team that, and it's funny because I hear people say this about the Rockies, and I heard people say it about the Nuggets, that it was perfectly comfortable being mediocre to bad. Now, the Nuggets team wasn't bad. You know, Some people say the Rockies don't care about winning. I don't think that's true, but there's this argument of, were those Nuggets teams actually just okay being pretty darn good every year and not really ever giving Carmelo that second superstar player that he could have had the way Jokic has Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr.? You know, Melo never had that stuff. So yeah, in the same way that Nolan felt like you guys aren't doing what it takes to build a winner around me, Carmelo said you guys aren't doing what it takes to build a winner around me, I'm going to go to a place where they're at least going to spend the money and where they've got another superstar player, by the way, at the time, and Amari Stoudemire, who quickly fell completely off the face of the earth after that. So, you know, good job there. But, you know, look what's going on. That might be happening right now in St. Louis. How weird would that be? I don't, I don't think that's going to last, but still. So this is one of those things that just as an observer of Colorado sports history, I'm very curious about, and I do think that ultimately it comes down to the fact that the media likes to sell, the local media likes to sell the Denver Nuggets as plucky underdogs. And they are, right? And especially because the Nuggets are good again now, it's a little bit easier to look back on that Carmelo time with a, a kind of fondness of like, oh, they were they were so close. But that's not how they were talked about. That's not how they were treated. That's not how they were thought of. And again, Nolan Arenado was never blamed for the Rockies' woes. And he arguably shouldn't have been, because that's not quite how baseball works. But Carmelo was blamed for it. I distinctly recall reading an article in the Denver Post at the time by Woody Page, our most famous local sports guy, saying the team should trade Carmelo Anthony and build around Allen Iverson, who was like 35 at the time. That's how dude was treated here. So when people say to me, there's absolutely no reason Carmelo should have won it out because he was in such a great situation, revisionist history. What it comes down to is people like to sell the Denver Nuggets as 
plucky underdogs, and they really love to justify anything bad that happens to the Colorado Rockies. Those are the, those are the facts on the table. Now, for as frustrating as it was to see the national media come out and just admit they haven't watched Nikola Jokic play, take that times 10 and apply it to everything the Colorado Rockies do. If these guys can't watch a two-time reigning MVP on a first-place team, you really think Brenton Doyle's getting a fair shake? when they're talking about the best rookies in baseball, you really think that the 2007 or 2000 or 2017 or 2018 MVP voting was completely fair? And again, I point these things out not to try to, quote, defend the Rockies, but because I believe that the facts matter. And I believe when we don't stand up and recognize this extreme bias that says two players who did the exact same thing, why is it okay that one did and not the other? Essentially because F the Nuggets and everyone goes, hey, F the Rockies and everyone goes, yeah. And that's a media creation. It's at least fueled by. And so when we have these frustrations and other arguments, why didn't Guy win an MVP or a Rookie of the Year? Why is it taking so long for Todd Helton to get into the Hall of Fame? Why did Larry Walker almost not get into the Hall of Fame? Because of this. Because of this thing right here. That's why it's important to address it every single time. So again, my take is this. If you're frustrated at one, you should be frustrated at both. And if you're frustrated at neither, that makes sense too. Both guys had their reasons for wanting to leave. All athletes, especially superstar athletes, have big egos. Both guys wanted to win. The idea that Carmelo didn't want to win is nonsense. And ultimately, it may end up being that neither guy got quite what they wanted and missed out on their chance to be two of the greatest Colorado athletes who ever lived. I know they're not from Colorado. You, you, you know what I mean. <laughs> In terms of talent, they might be the two greatest Colorado athletes who ever lived. But egos are what they are. And it's a business as they so often tell us. But I do think at the end of the day, to put a cap on the thought and the retirement and hopefully even to put a cap on my thoughts on Nolan Arenado for quite a while, at the very least until whatever happens and if they get back to the postseason, I can update it. But that at the end of their careers, we can celebrate what they did for the franchise, for the fandom, on the field. You know what I mean? Have those emotions on the day of the trade and in the aftermath, root for them to lose every single game, whatever you want to boo them when they come home, whatever, you, you know. But at the end, when, when, in the, when it's all done, you know, they were a part of this tapestry, right, that we call Colorado Rockies and that we call Colorado sports. 
And it just kind of bums me out that some people seem to want to leave Carmelo Anthony off of that tapestry. The guys scored more points than anyone, but like nine, eight or nine guys in the history. He's a top 10 scorer in the history of the NBA. And he wore your jersey for years. That's something to be proud of. Same way it's, despite the fact that I acknowledge more than anyone else, I think in media, the the frustrating things that Nolan Arenado said and did that undercut Rockies fans and his time in Colorado, at the end of the day, the greatest third baseman of all time wore your jersey for a very long time. And in all the pictures of history, when we're talking about that incredible career, the Colorado Rockies will be represented. And when we talk about the incredible career of Carmelo Anthony, the Denver Nuggets are represented. It's a really cool time to be a Denver Nuggets fan. And I, for one, refuse to feel any negativity uh, about the past in order to, to build up the future. It's an exciting time to be a Denver Nuggets fan. It's a slightly less exciting time to be a Colorado Rockies fan, but I know you'll all keep it here and keep hanging out with me as I talk more in-depth on the actual baseball team. Hopefully, they'll give me something to talk about here over the next couple of days. I'll be down at the ballpark as they are in town for the week, so should have some fun stuff for you in the next few days. Thank you all for listening to that uh, tirade that was largely not about the Colorado Rockies, but I hope it was still semi-relevant to your sports listening uh experience (laughs) thank you all for being absolutely awesome out of there i will continue to be absolutely drew creaseman in here and until next time i will see you at the ballpark